The world is a terrible fucking place. And because of the acts of the invisible hand of the wet market, there is a lot of racism against Chinese people these days, especially on Reddit. It seems that xenophobia replaced rossophobia as Redditor's uh, racism of choice. The racism of the, of the year? Yeah. 2020, the year of the... Chinaman. I have very mixed feelings about all this. I've been reading some thread in our politics where uh, some Americans were openly fantasizing how they will park uh, Aegis cruisers. Is this how you pronounce it? Aegis cruisers? Yeah, that sounds about right. Next to China's shores and they will shoot their ICBMs and then nuke the shit out of China. Yeah, there's a couple of things coming into play. Um, first is America's not even obsession, fetishization of military. America loves a war and they love dreaming about going to war with whatever country of the week is the target of the state department. Second, Reddit is Reddit is just a psyop. Ironically, I'm pretty sure Reddit is partially owned by Tencent, which is a Chinese company. I think it's like the biggest IT company in the world or something like that. I, I'm subscribed to World News, and you can see when there are like pretty obvious concerted efforts to paint a target at a specific country. Mm -hmm. Manufacturing consent machine goes burr. Yes, and that's yes. pretty much all Reddit is right now. All Redditors need to be sterilized. Yeah. <sighs> so I thought that I would do my small, tiny little part in uh, humanizing Chinese people by playing Jade Empire which is an RPG about fantasy China created by two Canadian doctors of Ukrainian origin. It's like poetry, it rhymes. It's your culture. It is, and it always seems to come back to my culture in these interesting ways. Yes. Before we begin talking about Jade Empire, I need to set up some variables. I need to explain some concepts first. Imagine the millennial in his gamer chair in the early 2000s. His right hand rests firmly on his gamer mouse with green highlight. His left hand is inside a bag of chips. What was this brand uh, with, uh, with a cheetah? Cheetos. Cheetos, yes. His left hand is inside a bag of Cheetos, which explains why his penis is of yellowish color. <laughs> The millennial is, well, let's be honest, he's more than a little overweight. Not quite, not obese, but getting there. And it is a he because back then gaming was very much male-dominated. I feel personally attacked. Like, <laughs> I'm sure I'm just being paranoid, but I, I like that, that hit a little too close to home. What does the millennial do? He plays MMORPGs primarily. The millennial spent possibly thousands of hours playing World of Warcraft. But that's how things were back in his late teens, in his early 20s, maybe. The millennial grew up. He eventually overcame his MMO addiction. He became a YouTube video essayist or a critic of pop culture. Uh, now he understands such things as theming and ludonarrative dissonance and kinesthetics. So, when Blizzard Entertainment announced World of Warcraft Classic, a lot of millennial YouTube essayists made an attempt to understand their experiences philosophically. A lot of content was made, a lot of podcasts were recorded about why the old World of Warcraft was so good and so fun and so addictive, and why the new World of Warcraft or the new MMOs were less so. And one term that was being thrown around is class fantasy. 
or character fantasy. Class fantasy is a term that I'm pretty sure is almost exclusively used by World of Warcraft nerds. And what it means is uh, you look at a character or at a class and you immediately envision in your head how this character or class is supposed to play, how it expresses itself. Like, for example, when you see a warrior, you envision a person in heavy steel armor with perhaps a two-handed sword or a sword and a shield. Or when you, when you are shown a priest and you understand that this is probably someone who heals other people. Mm -hmm. uh, that's class fantasy. And my understanding is that World of Warcraft, at least its modern version, it kind of lost a lot of that. Uh, there are more classes that can tank. There are more classes that can heal. Classes no longer have highly specialized roles. They no longer have their very defined niche in the game's ecosystem. And in general, it feels watered down. Another example of class fantasy or character fantasy completely failing is uh, the game we talked about two days ago, The Elder Scrolls Online. What the fuck is a Dragon Knight? So, why am I talking about all this? Jade Empire is a fascinating game because there's nothing seemingly wrong with it, and yet it's completely forgotten by the uh, RPG nerd community. Everybody fondly remembers KOTOR, everybody fondly remembers Baldur's Gate 2 and Baldur's Gate 1 to the lesser extent. But nobody talks about Jade Empire, why is that? It's because Jade Empire completely fucked up character fantasy. The game is supposed to be set in uh, the land of howling spirits in a, a fantasy version of China, and your character is raised in an academy of what is essentially Hogwarts for Kung Fu. That's how a PC Gamer article described it. When the game asks you to create your character, you basically have to choose between six or seven very generic-looking Chinese people who are all very fit, but there is no fantasy to them. There is nothing communicated by the way that they look, and the game doesn't really have any mechanical complexity either. Uh, when it comes to RPG statistics and mechanics, it's less sophisticated than Skyrim. Skyrim at least had a complex perk system, uh, but in Jade Empire it's just your health, your mana, and your other mana. Stamina, I guess. In the end of the day, these video game characters are just a bunch of pixels and polygons. You need that fantasy to make them seem real. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of nonsense. It's just a waste of time. You're just a sad nerd sitting in his chair. You probably have a yellow dick. I have never managed to complete Jade Empire. I don't think I've ever managed to get past the mid-game. For the purposes of this review, I didn't even manage to finish the tutorial. Once you get to this game's version of the big city, like the central hub area or whatever, you meet this very arrogant foreigner who originates from this game's version of uh, Imperial Britain, essentially. Uh, the game takes place in a fantasy world, but I guess they, they have uh, not China and not Britain. And this foreign guy, he is completely not impressed by your uh, weird Asian culture and by your weird kung fu nonsense. Uh, he wears a conquistador's helmet and he has a gun. You can debate him, you can debate him about culture and philosophy, and you can fight him with your kung fu, he will try to shoot you. That's a great character, definitely one of the game's highlights. One of the bizarre things about Jade Empire is that you can't even change how your character even looks like. What about wearing armor or clothes or different there is there are no clothes there is no armor oh so you never you never change from nope. the start of the game to the end 
Nope. Well, I've never played Jade Empire. Briefly glancing at its Wikipedia page, it doesn't look very interesting to me. I remember you talking about it before. It's like a familiar name, but up until you introduced me to its existence, I've never actually heard of this. I think that's because seven years ago or so, I actually made you buy me Jade Empire on Steam because it was uh, region locked in my country something like that uh, possibly that's why you remember it yeah but um apparently it came out around the same time as dragon age origins no it came around the same time as kotor one i'm pretty sure it has the same engine yeah okay yeah anyway do i recommend jade empire <laughs> no shit game for shit people i i don't suppose you've ever played wow and the mist of pandaria expansion no because that, uh, are, are you familiar with it? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Mists of Pandaria was the fourth, fifth, I don't know, I don't know, expansion released for... Uh, I, should I should clarify real quick. The final expansion that I played for World of Warcraft was Cataclysm, which I played for a week, I think. Yeah, pretty much the same with everyone else on the, on the planet. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mists of Pandaria is a China-themed uh, expansion where you travel to not China as either the Horde or Alliance who bring their Western war to the perfect oasis paradise of harmonious. not China. Yeah, the harmonious paradise of not China, which is inhabited by panda people called Pandarans. And they're they're really racist against black humans. <laughs> are they? There is this popular stereotype that Chinese people are really obsessively racist against black people yeah that seems to be a, a kind of a trope but fortunately there are no black people in wow so that <laughs> issue was avoided my girlfriend's sitting there like being triggered about she's like wrong <laughs> it is wrong i know i know i know i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure there's a skin tone that's that's finger quote black but anyway i, I never really played through the whole expansion i visited miss pandaria and i've explored it and stuff and done dungeons and, and all that but it's it's heavily chinese cultural themes almost to the point of offensiveness almost like but i i know or i'm pretty sure blizzard part of their reasoning for introducing that was to capture the chinese market tons of the entertainment industry is heavily invested in 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 getting that chinese market which ironically has the side effect of many of these American uh, video game companies and American uh, movie producers having to abide by Chinese law. Yeah. I have very mixed feelings about all of this. On one hand, uh, Chinese government demands some pretty crazy things uh, from video game companies. They don't like when you show blood. They also really don't like uh, depictions of reincarnation, apparently. <laughs> no, that's like not. That's a, that's a serious thing because apparently in Chinese culture there's some kind of stigma with reincarnation, or they're worried about people thinking reincarnation is real. Well, that's that's that that's the the Western media buzz that I heard about it was is because the Chinese government doesn't want uh, Chinese youth to to think that reincarnation is real and they'll go off and kill themselves to be reborn or some shit like that. What if reincarnation is real in China? <laughs> maybe it's it's for CCP party officials only. Maybe maybe that's why there's a one child policy. It has something to do with it. Yeah. Something to do with reincarnation like there's own anyway. Um it's interesting to me like what is Chinese culture? What's just, you know, part of their culture that drives their restrictions and what of it is part of the 
the control apparatus of the the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, and how these things are intertwined. Yeah, like the reincarnation thing. Like, how does banning movies depicting reincarnation help strengthen party unity or, or you know, prevent uprisings? One point of view about all of this is that uh, a lot of uh, CCP apparatchiks are just senile morons. Yeah, that's <laughs> and true. This is why a lot of a lot of laws uh, are. I don't know. I don't out there. I, I'm kind of skeptical of that argument because I see that argument a lot in the West um, when it comes yeah. to like depicting why other countries that are you know the target of potential military invasion or some kind of conflict suddenly they start doing the dumbest things just and there's no real explanation for it like why. Iran would just start openly attacking U.S. warships in the Gulf of Iran? Or like why Syria would launch chemical weapons at Israel or some shit like that? You know, there's always like not really a good explanation. I think that we should be suspicious of all that kind of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, both Syria and Iran, both of these examples, they are incompetent regimes. Yeah, and I can I can totally understand. We're being real. I can totally yeah. understand incompetence, but as far as why China has weird ass rules, I mean there are weird ass rules in in the states too. Like there's been plenty of of videos in the '90s about ten crazy rules, not videos, but actual shitty History Channel documentary thirty minute long shows mm. and stuff like that about weird rules, like not being able to have an alligator in your bathtub on Sundays. Why? I don't know, but something like that is actually a rule written down in some state. There's probably some sort of a historical anecdote of how that came to be. Something something very specific and exciting probably happened there. I don't think you can play Mists of Pandaria, right? Is it yep. like not a thing? Yeah, you can. So the way the way World of Warcraft works is every expansion that comes out it just gets just pushes uh, the end game back a little bit more. So you can start at level zero with classic wow content then you move on to burning crusade then wrath of the lich king and so on and so forth the burning crusade is still a thing oh yeah it was released so it still remains a thing like the the lands the new lands the quests the npcs that they add to the game are still there but like i said every time they add an expansion it just grows bigger but all the stuff that was already there stays there and actually what they're uh, i haven't heard about anything about this for a couple of months but what they're planning to do from last i heard was change up the way the new player experience is so that instead of just starting at zero and going through the content from wow classic all the way through all the expansions in linear order was that you can mm. actually choose an expansion to start in this is so fucking overcomplicated. no wonder yeah so many people are playing classic now yeah, it is. It, it's definitely become a bloated patchwork nightmare. Um, but that actually kind yeah. of interests me because I would like to experience uh, uh, some of the older content. But for a person like me, uh, just a filthy casual right now, that either means going with my high level character back to these things where I just blow through it and it's, you know, fucking easy as shit. Mm. Or I start a new character and grind all the way up. That's what I did when uh, the classic was released. I was one of the first people to log in. I explored that... Um, what is the orc newbie zone is called? I don't even remember. But it was basically me and about 500 other orcs there just chilling. Yeah. Just uh, killing boars. Took me like 40 minutes to finish the first quest because the boars were all... We're all getting murderized. <laughs> I played Classic for th three weeks, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. But you know what killed my experience? The uh, aforementioned class fantasy. I just couldn't really connect to any character, Cord or Alliance, 
Orcs just look stupid. They're weird hunchbacks. Yeah. Trolls also have this problem, and I didn't like some of the troll animations, even though I, I, I did kind of like the troll aesthetic in general. Humans in Warcraft look absolutely terrible. I'm not a fan of Night Elves. Night Elf is uh, the race that I played the most, but yeah, Night Elves also look goofy as fuck. Yeah, I think pretty much um, the only aesthetically appealing, up until recently, which I'll get into in a second, is the Blood Elf. Because, you know, they look like your typical soft-featured, thin, but muscular, well-built elf. Blood elves are just fuckboys. <laughs> Blood elves are not in classic. Uh, they were introduced in the Burning Crusade. Draenei. Is this how you, how you say this? Draenei? Draenei. This is my favorite uh, Burning Crusade race. I like both male and female animations for Draenei a lot. And I like that they can be paladins. Yeah. Um, so... A couple things I want to talk about. First off, they've recently actually reduced, uh, reduced, introduced upright orcs and trolls <gasps> in the form of Magar orcs and Zandalari trolls. Yep. And they're fucking enormous, especially the Zandalari trolls. Like, they're bigger than Torrens now. Mm. Monstrous, tall-ass fucking freaks. And they're actually really cool. The Torren ended up being my favorite race in Classic. Of course it did. I love those dumbass, gigantic cows. So they, they introduced something called sub uh, not subclasses, um, allied races, which are up until up until now have just been variations of existing races. Like you have, uh, mecha not mechanomes, but what are they called, babe? The dwarves? The dwarf allied race that's metallic, it's metal men. No, Dark Iron Dwarves? Yeah. Yeah, Dark Iron Dwarves, which are like cyborg dwarf men, like clockwork cyborg dwarves. <laughs> Don't they have mechanical parts? Not Dark Iron Dwarves. The, what is it? The, the new player... I'm asking you, what is the, the cyborg dwarf... You're being unnecessarily complicated. I'm going to look it up my sucking self because you just want to argue semantics. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dark Iron Dwarves. Okay, okay. Okay, they're not technically cyborgs. I thought they were. I thought I, I, I remembered seeing like them having... Anyway, uh, yeah, so WoW introduced allied races in, uh, in the Legion expansion, which adds variations of existing races, like the upright orcs, which are Magar orcs. Mm. So they're actually kind of finally, 10 years later, addressing some of the aesthetic uh, criticisms. Well, the thing is, I do kind of appreciate the classic orcs for what they are. It's just I can't see myself uh, emotionally relating to that uh, fantasy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. There is this um, sort of famous uh, game designer, Joshua Sawyer, from Obsidian. He's the main talent behind Fallout New Vegas, and he's a something awful goon. He's a prolific something awful poster. And when he was working on Pillars of Eternity series of games, he made this observation uh, based on some internal statistics, I think. People like having dwarves in their games, but almost nobody plays a dwarf. Almost nobody creates uh, dwarf characters as their main characters. Yep. They will. They might create dwarf assistant characters for their party, but they don't actually play a dwarf as their main character. Something about you know being a dwarf is an unappealing fantasy. This is essentially my relationship with orcs from Warcraft Classic. I do appreciate them and I like seeing them around, but I don't like playing one. Yeah, that's pretty much that's that's been my experience too. 
they're kind of they're a staple of of the high fantasy genre but as an aesthetic not as a role-playing device i guess yeah and also i was right the mechanomes is new allied race that is literally cyborg gnomes fuck all this warcraft talk is making you making me want to install uh, warcraft especially since uh, i'm pretty sure it's free for like first 30 levels or something 20 i think the first 20 but i'd have to i'd have to disagree with you i mean i i started playing wow only in legion so that's probably i don't have that that connection to to classic or any any earlier expansion but i actually quite enjoyed legion for their story and and all that i got chills watching some of the videos i will admit really in legion which was released in 2016 or 2015 something like that they introduced a new class called demon hunters and you might remember demon hunters because they played a big role in burning crusade there was a demon hunter character in warcraft 3 yeah illidan stormrage and Mm -hmm. as part of his story arc he created an army of elves called demon hunters and anyway he has a really great story arc that concludes in legion and um I, i honestly have to say he's my favorite character tragic hero in uh, burning crusade he was the villain and legion he comes back as like the batman the the not the hero we wanted but the hero we deserved or whatever oh fuck that makes me want to play warcraft it's really good now i want to play it fuck what are we done <laughs> fuck <laughs> fuck oh dude i'll play it with you you can play with me and my girlfriend what server are you on wait, wait don't 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 answer They've actually been com- compressing the servers. Oh, so there there are no servers anymore. Oh yeah, no, there are, there are, there are. There's just less. They've been they've been merging some and into others. So is there a PvP? No, they got rid of that. Uh, sorry, they got rid of the PvP servers. Um, and now PvP is a global setting that you can turn on or off whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Early in this episode, I talked about how millennial philosophers were reflecting back on their Warcraft experiences and trying to trying to understand what made these experiences so addictive. And uh, certainly the feeling of community is another thing that was uh, brought up over and over again. Every server uh, had discrete culture, you know, its own server culture. And that was supposedly lost in modern WoW. Yeah, I can definitely say, um, having looked back and read and and heard of a lot of the the stories, the community stories, that stuff either doesn't happen as often or isn't as in the fore. Like I remember there was like some big wedding in Goldshire. Thousands of players came together, or hundreds at least, and there are always big events like this. And um, I remember when I first started playing WoW, just like four years ago or so, going to all the nefarious all the all the well-known spots of of community where where people would would gather for to hang out or whatever but um they're empty there was a few people there fucking around Mm. but it's definitely lacking that aspect but on the flip side the writing's better or at least it was up until bfa speaking of chills the only time i got chills was in the wrath when um Two armies of heroes uh, from Alliance and Horde are assaulting uh, Arthas uh, Dark Castle or whatever the fuck, and he taunts them to come get him. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's that was great. Yeah, my girlfriend is all about the Lich King. <sighs> She's a big Death Knight player, but like I said, for me, it's 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 all about Illidan. Illidan's Illidan is the true hero of World of Warcraft. I'm installing Battle.net client right now. Fuck, what am I doing? I'm about to make a terrible mistake in my life. I think you are. Oh, so I tried I tried War Thunder VR. Mm-hmm. Is it garbage? In planes, it's actually really fucking good. That seems to be what they focused on. 
in tanks, the main problem is that the view, I guess, if you can call it that, follows the hull of your tank and not the turret. So for example, you want to go around a corner and look around the corner right off to the side of you. You have to turn your whole body sideways and your mouse. So basically you need like a swiveling chair and swiveling desk. It also gave me a headache. Mm-hmm. Trying to trying to squint into the little pixels in the distance. You haven't yet finished, Alex, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've kind of got distracted by War Thunder. Wow. Yeah. Gaben creates this work of art for you specifically, and you are playing a Russian scam game. Nice, nice, very good. I know. I don't know why. I mean, it's like it's like that that meme of of that kid who has a a, a naked sleeping supermodel in his bed and he just takes a picture of her and uploads it to his computer and jacks off (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) fucking battle net installer just finished downloading yeah it'll be a while wow is a pretty fucking big game now i'm about to do something really stupid you are talk to you guys in a week